Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey guys, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti. Hey, before we dive into this incredible conversation with Coach James Valade, I wanted to give you a chance to get our next book coming up in the um, the, the Fridays in February. Uh, we're going to release um, a, a great study uh, into a look that's a really, really important book uh, called Strange New World uh, by Dr. Carl Truman. Uh, if you want to keep up with us and read along with us, uh, get the book now. Uh, we're going to take each Friday in the month of February uh, to examine that book and think through uh, what it means for us uh, as men, as Christians living in today's culture. So uh, get the book and uh, join us on those Fridays for that uh, that conversation. Um, and now uh, dive into this uh, conversation uh, with Coach Valade. All right. Welcome back to Training for Manhood. Dan Panetti uh, with a good friend, James Valade, right? Jimmy V, Coach V. I mean, Jimmy V kind of got taken, right, by uh, Valvano. Uh, so we can't we can't call you that. Um, what, what are the guys calling you? Coach V. Coach V. Yeah, or just Coach. Or just Coach. Yeah, just Coach. I like Coach V. Yeah, Coach V's got a ring to it. It does. It does. Yeah. It has a good. It has a good ring. It to does. It, you know? um, but uh, yeah, you're a baseball coach. You've been in the baseball world for a long time. Uh, and uh, and one of the things that I thought would be cool is just to talk to you about. Um, kind of life principles, right? Like, you know, we've been around a lot of young men. Um, you coach them, which is a little bit different uh, than being a teacher, being a parent, right? The, the, the coaching aspect, and I'll, I'll just say this. Um, I have a number of coaches in my life that spoke um, some words, some positive, some negative, right? I, you know, one bad coach I can remember back, and it's just like, oh, my goodness, glad I survived that. Uh, more good coaches and bad coaches. Um, but it, it's interesting how the coach has a, a tremendous influence in the life of a young man um, and, and not just young men that don't have fathers, really a coach can speak um, a tremendous right, amount of life into a young man um, if they come from a bad background, if they come from a good background, a coach is just a very unique position. Now, if a, if a guy uh, is growing up and he really doesn't have other men speaking to him, all of a sudden you become um, you know, kind of the center of the world to him, right? So you play a really, really important role. Um, so just kind of bring us up to speed a little bit, kind of like how you got to where you are. And then let's, let's kind of dive into a little bit of some of the life principles that you shared with some of the guys along the way. Yeah. So for me, Dan, I, first, I appreciate the chance to be on here. Um, been friends for a long time and it, it only took, um, I guess, I don't know what episode this is, but it's been a lot of episodes before I got invited it's, on, it's like, so it's been a while, so I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate that. But uh, Right out of the gate. Yeah, right, right out of the right gate. Of the I, just, I had to get it in now. But okay. um, I think as far as coaching, I, I finished playing baseball at Baylor University in 1995. Yep. Um, I was afforded the opportunity to be a, a head coach in college right after that. I took a small college job at the University of Dallas. And I, I think, you know, as far as you go into coaching and having good coaches and bad coaches and your memories, mm-hmm. um, the one thing that always stands out to me is uh, my mother's advice when I got into coaching. She said, I just want you to always remember you're coaching other people's children. Oh, yeah. And that resonated with me uh, every single day yeah. I've been on the field. Yeah. And, it, you know, I'm coaching other people's children. I, I always have to remember that. So from 
college baseball to professional baseball and now to uh, to PCA at the high school level, um, that becomes that becomes my focus yeah. uh, every day. Yeah. And nothing's really changed. Um, I've gotten to coach guys that make twenty seven million a year and guys that are, you know, um, backup second baseman in high school. It's just the way the way it is. But. Everybody, to me, gets treated the same way, treated fair, but also um, giving them the same opportunity to grow within the program that you're running. Yeah, I love that. Um, some, of the, some of the things that you've learned uh, you know, in coaching other people's children <laughs> is, is they come to you right, not being in, in your home and under your tutelage as a father. So they come to you just you – know, some of them have had great homes. Some of them have had broken homes. Um, what's it, what's it like? Like, what do you, what do you do when you, um, are looking at a young man? What is it, what are the fundamental kind of like principles that you want them to walk away? Like if everybody said, oh, you, you played for coach V, right? What are the kind of central focuses that we would expect all of them to kind of have the same story about you? Yeah, I think, I think basically the, the responsibility for who you become along the way, hmm. what kind of person you're becoming within our, within our program, yep. uh, doing things the right way, thinking, thinking the correct way, representing, um, representing God, representing your program, right. representing your family, right. uh, no matter what family situation you're in, every, everybody's going through something. Yeah. And, but for me, it was, it was always the who you become along the way factor. Like I wanted them to appreciate and be able to embrace the challenge of behaving the right ways, act, way, acting the right way, um, treating, I tell people all the time, one of our biggest rules is treat each other well. Yeah. Like if you can't treat somebody well, it's, it's, it's hard to keep somebody in the program because that's, that's a, fundamental value that we that we have to have okay so and i'll say this baseball right every sport has its kind of own unique little um, nuances um baseball is becoming a sport that you really have to play a lot of select baseball um, you get into the program early right you spend a lot of time and, and really a lot of money um by the time you're getting these guys um you're getting guys who you know it seems like um you know that it's it's a lot about them Right? How, how do you get them so that they're team-focused, other-focused, treating other people well when so much of sports now is basically, hey, if, I don't care if the team wins or loses as long as I get my, you know, my at-bats and my RBIs and my home run. Right? All about me, 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 me because I'm going on to the next level. Who cares about the rest of these people? What do you do with guys like that? That's, that's the one thing where one of my priorities is to always figure out how kids learn. Mm. Like how does this person learn? Does yeah. this person learn through – um, you know, the hard lessons. Does this person learn through humor? Does this person learn through sitting down and writing it out on a board? Does this person learn better one-on-one or can they take the group message? And I think building that chemistry to get that individual to to buy into the team yeah. uh, has to be learned by the coach. I don't think there's one way to do that, but I think paying attention to the kids in the, in their own unique ways and trying to figure out how, how can I deliver this message and have it really hit home and save both of us some time yeah. and the team some time <laughs> as well. Yeah. So, so basically for me, it was always trying to figure out how, how that person learned and then, and then slowly pouring, you know, pulling them into the culture that's healthy. It's, it's healthy for the team, but it's also healthy for them in life, whether it's uh, their team responsibility or, or, you know, them making sure they're on time every day and uh, making sure that when they have to communicate something with a teammate, it's, it's clear and it's, it's good. I mean, so stuff like that, just trying to build, these young men to have success in the future, wherever they may go, sports being in my background, sports being the vehicle for, for other things. But, um, sports is not the end all be all. There's a, there's a shirt out there that I've seen that says baseball is life. I won't buy it. 
I, w- I wouldn't put it on. Baseball's not life. Yeah, baseball's a game. You <laughs> baseball's play. a game. It's a part of life. It is. It's, it's yeah. a part of life, but it's not life. I, yeah. you know, I would never, you know, I never saw value in that shirt. You know, uh, it's, it's interesting about that, right? Because I, I get the, I get the premise behind it, right? Like, I love baseball. I love bad. basketball. Is life. Football's life. I get the, the concept, but I think it minimizes life, right? That that you know what happens out on the diamond. That's a part of life, and, and and sometimes it can be a very important part of life, right? And a lot of, you know, life lessons learned. Right. But if you take your life and you minimize it down to the diamond or the court or the field, and you say what happens here is who I am, it's like well, no, that it's just an expression. What happens on the tollway when you're driving? What happens, you know, when you're talking to your wife and your kids? That's a part of life too, right? And those are all parts of who you are. And and to minimize it to just one particular aspect of it, I think is. You know, that, that's a sad statement. It is. And I think that's why in our program, we are never just about baseball. No. We're never, and we never will be. And, and none of the programs I've been able to be a part of in my career have ever been that way. Even my, even my time in professional baseball, where it is professional baseball and they're all getting paid. And, which, which is a little bit more of life. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But still to the, to the, to the yeah. point of, of, of bringing other elements that, sure. that are of value. Sure. Um, like for, for us, when I was with the Texas Rangers, our pitching coach last year at PCA is Phil Klein. Phil Klein and I, you know, we were together in AA and we were in chapel together. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where you appreciate that part of, of Phil's journey. Yeah. Uh, and then having him here for a year at PCA pouring into our team was amazing. But, again, those those elements that, that always come back to me of, of the who you become along the way. I mean, how am I helping this young man become the person they, they, are, they are called to be? Yeah. So let me let me ask you this, and I, I don't know if you really want to dive too much into it, right? Um, when you're dealing with guys at the professional level, guys at the college level, I think one of the things that immediately I think of is you're probably not dealing with a lot of parents. When you're dealing with guys at the high school level, you still have parents involved in the formation and the shaping of the young man. Um, what what does that look like for you, right? Kind of walking alongside the parents. I know a lot of parents, um, and and just you know as a parent myself. Um, and being, th- you know, through sports, it's like everybody thinks that their kid um, is the next, you know, in baseball, the next Nolan Ryan, right? And, and the reality is that might be, <laughs> right? But, but I'm just going to tell you, right, 99 out of 100 kids aren't. Um, so how do, you, how do you navigate that as you're trying to shape, right, the character of a child? But sometimes parents don't really care about the character of their child. They just want their kid to, right, to, to win and be successful and move on to the next level. Absolutely. I think, I think the, the parents thinking in, in just that direction of their child, just having success on the field is, is, uh, it's an extreme failure by yeah. a parent. It's yeah. a big time failure. I'd, I'd say it to anybody. Um, it's the truth. I think, you know, parents are, are sometimes in search of, of perfection. Mm-hmm. Um, and we live in an imperfect world and it's, a, if baseball is a game of failure where they say, you know, three out of 10, you go to the hall of fame. We hear that all the time. All the time. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but parents aren't very accepting of, of even that. I mean, yeah. e- even if, you know, twenty twenty seven out of a hundred, you can play in the big leagues for a long time, you know, I mean, 24 out of a hundred, you can play, you know, in the big leagues for a bit of time. And uh, 23 out of a hundred, you might get a chance, you know, who knows? So I think, I think what the parents have to understand is, is, Teach your kids how to navigate through some failure mm-hmm. and, and, and get the learning out of it. Like understand the value of it and, and how you can learn from it and that it, it, it's probably going to happen again. You know, I remember one time when I was playing, um, I struck out and I got upset. My coach comes up to me and he was a guy I looked up to so much. 
And he goes, hey, you're going to strike out again someday. You better learn how to deal with it. And I was like, you know, from that moment on, you know, it was different. You know, I got upset. It was a big moment and it was tough and I struck out and I was having a great year. I mean, I was, I was an all-star in the league. I was having a good year. I just had that one at bat and it got away from me and he corrected me pretty quickly and, and it changed, it changed my whole outlook. Did you ever strike out again after that? Uh, yeah, I did. As a matter of fact. And did you you learn from it? (laughs) I did, except for when we played the University of Oklahoma. I struck out three times in one game. And uh, I was, was like, no, there's no learning I, I there. Was, huh? No, there was no learning. I no was learning. like, I was on deck for my fourth at bat, and I'm like, there's no way he's sending me up here for a fourth at bat, and they pinch hit for me. So, I think that was that was the uh, the mental health break for uh, yeah. for me. Yeah. So, so the co- yeah, the coach learned. It's amazing how you remember that, but um, but Dan, I will say this: one of my best memories is uh, beating the University of Texas at Texas in '93 to win the conference championship. I don't remember that. Were you down there? I don't Dan? remember that. Were you down did, there? Did that actually happen? That or actually are you happened. Making up stuff. Nope, that actually Every, happened. Everybody wants yeah. to talk about how they beat the University of Texas. Oh. Yada yada yada. Right? Yeah, we were just I mean, Neil, Neil Jeffries over there the other day preaching. Right, talking about how right. Baylor, right, seven, uh-huh. what was it, seventeen years in a row, or whatever, lost to Texas, and right. then he beats Texas. I'm like, is it, did that really happen? I got, I got to see that. I, yeah. I, I want to see video of that because I don't know if that really happened. I can validate, <laughs> I can validate that. But um, so not wait, ninety three, ninety three, ninety three. I was there. Yeah, I was yeah. there. Oh, I dish, saw you. Dish, I saw you at the field. game. I saw you at the game. Right? Yeah, we were at the Out dish. At the dish. That was it. But the best thing about the University of Texas is we have two awesome players at PCA that are going to go play at the University of Texas. Great D. Kennedy, program. Xavier Mitchell going down Great to play for an awesome, program. awesome program, one of the best in the history. So, so I'll tip my cap to you, Dan. Good, good, there pla- it is. good place to go. Um, what, what do you think is one of the most difficult lessons for a young man to learn? Um, just kind of in the day and the environment that we're in right now, do you see kind of a constant theme of a struggle that you're like, hey, this is something that a lot of our guys are really kind of struggling with? Yeah, I think I think just learning how to handle the moment a little bit better. Okay, um, just being able to move on and 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 turn the page. I think sometimes so, so win or lose, even right? Yeah, win or lose, yeah. win or lose. I, I see that too, right? I think I think the the wins and this I hate to even say this, right? Sometimes the wins are too high and the losses are too low. Right. I mean, last year you guys won a state championship. Um, I won a state championship when I was in high school. And I remember the moment like that was that was awesome. That was great. But it's like you wake up the next morning and, and you move on. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And, and I, I think about the, the, you know, the, the quote, I, I, if I remember correctly, right, when they asked Tom Brady about, you know, how many cha- he had won six, seven championships or whatever. And it's kind of like, you know, hey, you know, which one's your favorite or whatever. And he said the next one. Yeah. And it's just like I, I get like, oh, I love that competitive spirit. Yeah. But it also kind of. It kind of hits me like the dude. Enjoy the one you have. Yeah. You may never have it again. No doubt, right? Uh, who, who was the uh, um, the great? Was it um, played for the Miami, Miami Dolphins? The great quarterback, Dan Marino. Marino like made it to the Super Bowl his rookie year. Yeah, lost. And then they're thinking Marino's like one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Can't wait till he's back there again. And he yeah. never made it back. Yeah, it's tough. And, and so kind of that, you know, when, when yeah. you when you get the victories, right, celebrate them, enjoy them. Right. But then wake up tomorrow and move on with life. When you get the losses, yeah. right, okay. You know, we, we lost. I didn't play well. I struck out three times. Yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> but yeah. but you know, here's the deal, right? What's the next game? Yeah. You know, next next game I went four for four, right? Right. And you just, you know, learn from the mistakes. Learn from the victories along the way, so yeah. I think that's a that's a great life lesson. It is, it is, and it's um it it's 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 part of it. It's part of it's part of your focus, and it's part of reality. Yeah. Um. You know, at, at at the end of the day, the ring that you get, or the trophy that you get, or the accolades they they last. You know, the, the memories are always going to be there. That's the most important thing. I I told our guys a thousand times. I said, you are going to miss the guys you play with. Yeah. That's going to be the one thing you're going to take with you. 
the most is the guys you play with, the the, the guy you lockered next to, the guy that that uh, you hit behind in the lineup, the guy that you caught. I mean, it's just that's part of the you know human human nature is 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 more powerful yeah. than a trophy. You know, it's way more powerful than a trophy. And um, I think our kids last year really learned to appreciate that. And that was I, that was a changing factor in, in in our team. Yeah, I I like the idea of building community. I think a lot of people don't value how important that is. Just as we talk about the locker room. Oh, right? yeah. You get some kids that are just a cancer in the locker room and they're just they're difficult. Right. They may be super talented on the field, but if they bring something that's negative to the locker room, People don't really realize how damaging that is, and and the, and the part right to our you know the concept is, if you're doing that in something that you love, right, like in a particular sport, and, and you're you're a cancer there, can you imagine what the person's going to be like in the work world later, in a family later, right? I'm just kind of that, like that's a that's a reality that you know you see for a lot of young people, and I know you've got to deal with that. Sometimes you get kids who come in and yeah, right, they're, they're not. Right. I mean, they may be great on the field, but they've got attitude that you've got to you've got to address. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and those are things that we try to identify quickly as a coaching staff. And sometimes it's education. Sometimes yeah. it's you just have to explain to somebody, hey, this is this is how it works. And the best the best part of our team this year in building team culture is, you know, in the fall um, we had you know somebody that that didn't that didn't do something mm-hmm. in, you know, that met the expectations of, of of how we play the game or how we prepare. Right. And uh, it was a negative, and one of our players looked over and politely said, "Hey, we don't do that around here." Yeah, and it was taken care of, and never a problem again. So, so that's you know that's what you like to see is that that self policing in, oh, in, in the correct way. I love that. Yeah, in the correct in way. The correct way. Right. Right. Not as a you know, hey, I'm lording it over you, but right. the whole hey, we're all part of a team, and I expect somebody to do this to me. Right when I do something that's not appropriate, so that's why I'm I'm doing it to you when it's not appropriate. I mean, I I love that, and and I think men respond generally. Men respond well to correction that calls them up. Sure, correction that calls you out and yeah. makes an example of you and yeah. humiliates you. Right, it's tough to learn from those things. Sure, but just kind of hey, you know, we don't do that here. I remember, you know, um, one of, one of my sons said it. You know, they're at the lunch table. Right, same thing. New kids comes in. You know, he's trying to trying to obviously establish himself. So he starts talking about some stuff that's just kind of inappropriate. And Parker's just like, "Yeah, we don't talk about that here. Yeah, like that that's not appropriate language. If you want to do that somewhere else, you know, whatever. But like, sure. you want to be with us, yeah. Right? And just kind of that that you know, you should establish who you want to have around you. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really important life lesson. Yeah. You know, maybe for a baseball team, we don't get to always choose who's yeah. around us. Right. But in life, right, who you put as your close guys around you is a really important, you know, factor in who you're going to be. Absolutely. Like, like I said before, uh, before we went on, you know, show me your people and I'll show you your future. Yeah. You know, I mean, who you're hanging around with is, I mean, that's, that's, you know, we talk about the, who you become along the way. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you look at somebody and go, I can't believe they did that. You should ask yourself, I can't believe I'm with, with this guy. Like, yeah. why am I hanging out with him? Why, why are we associating? But that, that is, that is, you know, the negativity can be mm. pretty, pretty powerful and it can take over, a clubhouse. It can take over a classroom. It can take over, um, you know, a social yeah. setting. It yeah. really, it really can. Yeah. So yeah, who who's around you? Who's influencing you? Who you're listening to? That's a that's a huge huge part. Um, la- last question, um, just for for young men, um, what what's the one thing that you've kind of found that kind of resonates when you uh, when you talk to them when you do something right that you see kind of their eyes light up and you kind of go, hey, I know we're we're hitting. You know, th- this is getting through to these young guys. What What are some things that you've kind of seen or said or right done along the way that just kind of 
hits them and helps them move to the next chapter? You know, I, I, that one's that's an easy question for me. And it's it's when you when you work with kids and you build this trust, um, and you and you tell them, you know, hey, I, lo- I love you, oh, I, yeah. I care about you. Yeah. I mean, that's the most most powerful thing. And in 2022, or I'm sorry, in 20 in 2002. Uh, 20 years ago, wow! I was it's a long time ago. I, yeah, I was the I was the hitting coach at Oral Roberts University. Yeah. We had a, a player named Wilton Reynolds on our team. Uh, ended up going in playing professional baseball and all this other stuff. And he, you know, he he was from California. Uh, we're still in touch to this day. To this day, Wilton and I, Wilton and I are still in touch 20 years later. And so um, Wilton was going through a little bit of a struggle, and I, I went up to him and I was talking to him, and it was it was baseball related, but it was a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. And uh, here's this this guy, six five, two hundred twenty five pounds, you know, strong athlete. I mean, you know, really bright future in front of him. Yeah. And he was going through a struggle. And um, and at the end, I said, I said, hey man, I'm, I'm always going to be here for you, Wilton. I love you. And he started crying. The minute I said that, he started to cry. And I go, I go, Wilton, you okay? And he said, that's the first time I've heard that in eleven years. Wow. You know, eleven years. Yeah, here he is, a twenty-year-old college baseball player, yeah. and and he grew up in a hard home and a tough life, and and baseball was his vehicle uh, to 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 get places. Yep. Um, but at Oral Roberts University, spiritually, um, baseball-wise, um, he got a lot more love than 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 just me. Yeah. But uh, every time I hang up, I still tell him, I said, "Hey, man, I love you," and he says, "I love you too, Coach." Yeah. See, I think that's one of the things. Unfortunately for men, um, that phrase is kind of warped and, and taken, right? It's like, you know, we can't say that to other men because it's, you know, it's, it's a weird intimacy thing. It's, it's you know, too great of a connection. I'm just like, why? Right? To tell another guy, man, I love you. James, I love you. You're a great guy. You know, love what you do. Love what you stand for. I mean, it's just I, I hate that that has been taken out of our vernacular and we can't say that to other guys because so many guys need to hear that. Um that you know, I mean, when I say, "Hey, man, I like you. You're a good guy." That just doesn't, yeah. that doesn't cut it, right? No, it's light, but, right? But but you know, the the love concept <laughs> is just saying, right? I'm here for you, um, and I'm in your corner, which means that not only am I going to tell you stuff that you want to hear, that's going to make you better. I'm going to tell you stuff you need to hear. Amen. Right? That that maybe you're like you know when you're when you're being a real jerk, I'm going to tell you yeah. <laughs> when you're not yeah. doing the right thing. I'm going to be. But if I got if I know you're in my corner and I know you're doing it from that perspective, right? Yeah. Then I'm I'm I. I can really open up my life to listen and to learn from guys who, right, who love me and who who have my back and who have what's best for me. So yep. that's a great phrase, man. Yeah, I'm glad you shared that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like I said, it's something that stands out in 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 my time as a as a coach uh, of an amazing memory. Where, as you alluded to before, kind of like breaking through to a player. Yeah, um, that was that was powerful for me as well. That was a, that was a that was a, a good uh, a good moment for myself and Wilton. That's awesome. Well, James, I appreciate your uh, investment. I appreciate the time. Um, we had to just kind of lay the groundwork with a bunch of other people so that we could finally yeah. get to you. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> get, you, you, get you on. If you the... need me again, call my agent. You know his number now. So, <laughs> yeah, we're all good. Dude, you're Thank awesome. Thank you, Dan. Thanks. See ya. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, Check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.